0: Thank mm-hmm. you. This will be audio. Good, good, good. So every this is you, actually... Every time you touch that fucking thing, it makes a noise. Everybody be quiet. Ugh. You know, there's people with misnophobia pho- or phonia. Yeah, I'm married to one. Who are not going to enjoy you stroking <laughs> your giant microphone penis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> microphone phallus. Oh, this sounds See, good. See, now
0: you're like way
1: loud. You're, I think yes, you might, you yes, might be yes. too loud. But I'll, I'll stand back like here microphone phallus all right and okay how's had. that phallus well that's what you usually say fallacular so. right. i'm making up words
0: <laughs> testicles you had to slip your balls in you had to you had uh, to every, every week every week what, your balls start the show what so, are <laughs> so what so What good. are
1: we starting with what wait do we have a notes or something you should put that phone down do we have any notes <laughs> What...
0: See, where we we're, you're creating where you? visual comedy, and most people are listening <laughs> to this uh, through headphones or what have... Or, well, at least one or two people, because where are all the listeners, you know? People were clamoring and clamoring for us to come back, and now we've come back on a semi-regular schedule, and all of a sudden, nobody listens to us anymore.
1: It's ridiculous. Well, um, you know what my theory is. They're just catching up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> They're just okay, playing catch-up.
0: You know what? Yeah. Maybe the holidays, maybe a lot of people just decided to go out and said, fuck it, and just went out and got shit-faced. And they <laughs> Like, ah, we don't did. need a recovery podcast anymore. Yeah. We'll I, you know, I expect much like gymnasiums. Is that even a word anymore? Gymnasiums. In January, we're going to see a huge spike in listeners of people yeah. looking around. We should probably put out a show in January saying, you know. Yeah. Welcome, you know back. We'll, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. We are a yeah. New Year's resolution podcast.
1: Yeah, well, I think probably, um, I think it's just, we put out like four shows in a week, you know. Yeah, it why like do we.
0: Why do we We do that?
1: (laughs) um, I don't know why. I think for a while we was dying on the vine and, you know, we were getting so busy, we couldn't do it. And, you know, and then one day we just got got a bug in us and then we did it. And then we're like, we could do it. We made it work. And then, I don't know, I think we just had a lot to say and... I you think know, we're just it'll, fucking it'll manic out.
0: is the problem. I mean, we, definitely manic. We're just going like uh, it's either feast or famine around here, you know? So, yeah. so those of you that may have uh, detected some difference in an audio quality or a uh, different approach that we're having today, there is a reason for that. We are recording this over uh, ZenCaster, which we have not done in a while, which usually we have reserved exclusively for guests that yeah. come onto RMA, but we've had to do it this week because there is COVID in the land. Specifically, it is in my house. More specifically, it is sleeping upstairs in the bedroom directly above me. Yeah. Um, my son caught a, caught a bit of the bug, the COVID bug. And uh, at risk of infecting the uh, you know, Nat's family, we decided to do this remotely instead of uh, in your well-appointed holiday decorated yes. living room. Which reminds me of something I usually
1: like to say right about now. And we're back. Welcome to Recovery in the Middle Ages, the podcast about two middle-aged suburban dads in their pursuit of life, love, and recovery. I'm Nat X. I'm Mike R. And boy, do we have a show for you today on RMA. It's Mike and Nat in the morning. Welcome to another day with Mike and Nat here, drinking their coffee, trying to wake up, and RMA mornings, everyone. Welcome. RMA So, um, yeah, the COVID is going around. Uh, Ben's got it noah got sick but didn't appear to have you know he was testing negative for covid he tested negative for strep. he tested negative and i always said he was a negative kid you know he always Mm. says no but now it's actually working for us but he uh he missed four days of school but i'm sorry
0: to hear that ben's got the covid yeah he's really having a rough time with it well I, you know, it was worse a few days ago. I think we're going to try and push him back to school to infect the rest of his classmates tomorrow. Nice. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I took him to the doctor yesterday and the, and you know, you were there, I guess on Saturday and I don't know what that experience was like for you, but I walked in there and I'm like, well, if I didn't have COVID before, I'm definitely going get it, to get it now. There was like yeah. 25 kids sitting in the waiting room. I'd never seen it that crowded. <laughs> Yeah, and they're um, all coughing all over everything, and I have like an N95 on, it. I'm holding it on to my face you, with my hands, so like nothing bleeds through. Yeah, you. you I locked out
1: when I took Noah there. I think it was Thursday. You know, we had a little bit of an incident removing him from school. I sort of didn't follow protocol exactly correctly. What you and do? You walk down the hallway and grab him out of class? Kind of. Um, <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> I did sign him out and everything, but uh, that's another story. But uh, yeah, we went to the doctor and. We lucked out. There was only a couple of kids there, but to me, it felt like the calm before the storm, you know, because I've been hearing my mother-in-law's got COVID. A couple of the uh, people I work with, their kids are all sick, you know, so it's definitely going around. Um, I don't know. It's scary.
0: You know, Ben and Noah as well. I guess had to miss the holiday concert. Noah. Oh yeah, that was the ben big one. The saxophone, and that was kind of sucky. So I, I open up his grade thing this morning and look at it, and his fucking teacher gives him a zero on the performance part uh, for for class. And I'm like, the kid's fucking sick, you know. So my wife they told him them that they could do it. Well, but my they... wife sent an uh, email saying, you know, do you need medical documentation? Uh, because you know we we have it, and uh, she gets to bounce back. He's sick. He's out today. He's got COVID or something uh, with the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, very... so I guess what happened is like a lot of kids probably were feeling a little off, showed up for the performance, blew all the COVID germs out through the end of their horns all yeah. over this guy, and now he's now he's out. It, it's so crazy. Like we, everyone's just you know come to the conclusion that it's over right there's no covid there's no nobody's getting sick there's nothing to see here ladies and gentlemen no, and then you no know, everybody gets whacked you know and it's crazy cuz the doctor in our town who sees both of our kids I am I'm, I'm, I follow him on Instagram, and he's in fucking Appalachia, like, doing his yeah. photojournalism shit. Meanwhile, his office is completely overwhelmed. There's kids, like, poking out of, you know, hanging out on the outside. There's snot running all over the place. And there's one nurse practitioner who doesn't know her ass from her elbow is running around, yeah. like, trying to diagnose all these people. It's just, it's. it's, it's I
1: insanity. think we got her as well. Yeah, she was. um Gray hair lady who's not very pleasant. It was gray hair. It was like a salt and pepper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, he's fine." <laughs> they, they, <laughs> like, can we take some tests? Maybe like it's, like it's just pustules on the on the tonsils. I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah, I'll. I'll I come in there and I go into the room that's and true. they're like, "He has COVID." It's like, and I'm like, "Yeah, I told them at the desk. Like, that's why I was coming in." And they were kind of like, <laughs> "Uh," it's <was> like, "Look, <laughs> you know, get your get your house. You know, if I have my house in order, you know, and I'm just some you know shitty ex-alcoholic, <laughs> you guys should get your house in order. You know, I, like." Just figure out what's going on over there, you know? Speaking of
1: houses in order, do you think – um, how are our levels? I'm just looking at the – I think we're fine. We're good? Okay. Sorry, folks. I mean,
0: your level is high. Can you yeah, see – Yeah, so very-
1: your level is quite high as well. That's I'm making sure we're both just as high. I'm- are we smoking
0: the same shit? <laughs> is what I want to know. I, we- I am just as high. Okay. Although, good. From my perspective, you look much higher than me. Yeah, same here.
1: All right. So we're both uh, envious of each other's size. You know, this,
0: is, <laughs> you know, this is all going to be blown out. Like the the levels are going to be blown out. I bet. I I really don't like these. Uh, I feel like we're flying blind. Sandcasters always given me.
1: But we always get a good sound, which reminds me of this other thing I like to say sometimes. <laughs> Welcome to all the monsters listening stateside, around the world, down the street, across the table, and right next door. Welcome all. Settle in, buckle up, and get ready for excitement, comedy, tragedy, intrigue, mystery, and so much more. Where can they find us, Mike? Where are they listening to us now, Mike? Where does anybody listen to
0: us? If they're listening <laughs> to us, they know where to find us. So I, I don't even want to tell you. I'm, I can't send you to the website because some fucking virus. It's really fucked up, right? Virus like, like our kids our fucking website has also been attacked by a virus. and I'm and really our, annoyed. our crack IT team has been unreachable. Well, here's what happened. Well, This is why I
1: think I'm not getting a proper response. And I forgot that my buddy Utpal in Calcutta, who's been helping me with things for years and years, he did the original website. And then we didn't like it, right? Yeah. And I hired another gentleman, probably <laughs> south of Calcutta, to build us the new one. And it was great. And right. then something went horribly wrong with the website recently. And uh, and I reached out to the wrong guy to say, oh, what's wrong with this website?
0: <laughs> I just oh, no.
1: It. So I've been harassing Utpal about a website he didn't really build, you know? <laughs>
0: Well, at least he should terrible. respond and say, I'm yeah. sorry, sir. You know, he I, you wrote know,
1: back like, I'll look at it, you know, a few okay. days ago, but
0: who knows if it's been looked at. Listen, I, with all due respect to your buddy, Utpal, like that first website was definitely web 1.0. It was like a uh, angel fire from back in like,
1: 1995. Yeah. But when I met Utpal back in 2007, it was cutting edge. Oh, you know? Right, okay. <laughs> so, so it's hard for me to tell the difference. Um, so, so today we've got an interesting show. What are we going to do no, today? Don't. No, we don't. It's sure. not fucking
0: interesting. We just threw
1: it together in ten minutes, <gasps> guys. Right. I've got some recovery in the news. Oh my god, it just jumped on my phone. I, this is so. I mean, this is amazing. Okay, recovery in the breaking news. <laughs> recovery, breaking <laughs> da- 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 da. report. WWE sends Matt Riddle to rehab after second failed drug test. Oh, bum, dear. Bum, bum. Maybe they should have Aren't thought about it All on drugs all the time According to a report Matt Riddle is currently in rehab Following a second failed drug test Cassidy Haynes of BodySlam.net Reported
0: <laughs> BodySlam.net
1: <laughs> Why can't I have a business card That says like editor for BodySlam.net Might What work kind of on drugs
0: them. Was Mike Riddle uh, doing Matt Riddle
1: to to Who is a huge star and he's a wrestler, probably pot. You know, they have a T-shirt that they sell that says 420 bro, which is his whole shtick is that he smokes pot. He's like a dude, like a bro. Then well, they like would send him to rehab
0: for weed if that's his like character in, in wrestling.
1: Which they- would make no sense. Okay, so let's see what the guy from Body Slam is reporting here. Um, Riddle has written off last week's Raw. He was written off, meaning they told him he couldn't be on it. Due Thank to you, failing so good, his wrestling. second drug test. When a proposed match against Seth Rollins for SummerSlam was... <laughs> I, it doesn't say, um, yeah, this is rough. Well, um, kidding. So, so
0: those guys have, have to take a, a lot of painkillers because they do get injured, you know.
1: Right. So you you wonder when they say drug tests, like, is it just he's smoking too much pot again? Because there's some funny interviews with him where he's just like, yeah, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, and he's all high. But, you know, oh, I'd like to... Um, if anybody knows any any more about this, I'm extremely interested to hear what's up with Matt Riddle. <laughs> yeah, do 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 drop us a note if you drop us a note. Is one of Max's favorite wrestlers too? Oh. Um, well, no, you so. better not
0: tell him that his uh, his hero is. In rehab. Yeah, well, I had well, to, to explain or, or what I don't know.
1: He was wearing a 420 bro shirt on you know wrestling the other night, and I'm trying to explain it, and Max is like he 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 just knows it's a funny number because of his brother you know yeah like but, 69
0: uh, is a funny number
1: yeah 69 <laughs> is hilarious 420 yes. 420 uh, 6 yeah 69 420 so that before is we, um recovery okay. in the wwe news okay
0: before yes. we move on we need to talk about alcohol recovery in the workplace because mm-hmm. talking about sobriety and proving it to your employer can be difficult and our friends at soberlink want to help mm-hmm matt riddle might need that yeah If you need a reliable way to present documented proof of sobriety to your, um, wrestling organization, uh, (laughs) or a loved one. (laughs) To Vince McMahon, Soberlink can help. Soberlink is a high-tech, uh, portable breathalyzer system that uses facial recognition technology to verify identity. So Matt Riddle can stick his ugly mug in there and, uh. You know, we'll know it's him. Uh, It has unique sensors to ensure that no other air sources are being used. It sends results directly to your specified contacts. So there's no questioning whether or not you took the test or whether you made the Iron Sheik take the test and whether or not you altered the reporting. See how dated I am? That's when I was watching wrestling, when the Iron Iron Sheik was still wrestling. Um, (laughs) This is why You
1: suck. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, this is why Soberlink's remote alcohol monitoring system is considered the gold standard. Being in recovery away fr- uh, from alcohol, away from alcohol. That's good. I just, I'm getting add, I just add words to copy. Uh, <laughs> being in recovery from alcohol does not define the future of your career. Let Soberlink help. Uh, learn more about Soberlink and request an exclusive $50 off promo code by visiting com slash middle hyphen ages. Middle you know, life I'm, and ages. I'm sure the sponsors are not thrilled when you get up and walk away <laughs> when I'm reading the ad copy. Is there some reason that you needed to go did you go take a shit or something? <laughs> I needed more coffee. Okay, Can't right. you see this? Look at this face. <laughs> so this should not be construed as any, any commentary you may have about Soberlink. No. Now you should say something nice about Soberlink for a couple
1: Soberlink. Of <laughs> well, it's really interesting because I said my a friend of ours, a friend of the show's, who shall remain nameless, who I've recently gotten back in touch with Requested our, our special link to get SoberLink. I think we actually, if you use the um, our special link to SoberLink, I'm saying link a lot now, uh, there's like a 10% off coupon that uh, I think we offer.
0: So if you go through uh, Recovery it's in the actually middle ages, a, a $50 off promo code. But, I, but that's that fine. Good. You know, you can give, give 10% so, off too. You should probably a, email SoberLink <laughs> and see if that's also allowed. <laughs> It's some version
1: of 10%. In any case, so this is a, it's supposedly, you know, from everything I've heard about soberlink makes me, and the fact that I would fear having this if, if I were being tested. I mean, it's very, very accurate. You can't even get your cat to breathe onto it. It knows when it's you, and uh, it's a great way to keep your loved ones, um, make them feeling okay that you're doing what you're supposed to.
0: How do they tell human from animal breathing? Like, is there a setting for like fishy breath from the cat say, food? Or, like, what, if you, what if you are a human that eats cat food? Can they hey, Then, then your,
1: you are screwed. <laughs> yeah, you don't eat cat food for three hours before you use this thing. <laughs> you know, a,
0: a lot of other sponsors will actually give you a device so you can try it out. But we did not get one from Soberlink. so No. Uh, but I would. I, I would. If they were to give us one, I know. would use it. Not only that, I would give them an expanded commercial because we could blow into it on air and check each other's sobriety. So we something should do to think it. about in the New Year's Soberlink.
1: Yeah, Soberlink. Soberlink. We, we should do this. Yeah. The morning after New Year's Eve, we should both have yes. to take a Soberlink uh, yeah. thingy and thingy. Uh, yeah. prove that we didn't get wasted. So, um,
0: so aside, but, okay, well, I'll just... Close. It. I kind of you know what I like doing about doing it what? this way. Like which one? I can uh, the way we're doing it over this mm-hmm. ZenCaster because I can like I can have websites up and I can look at them and I can close them and I can you know it's easier hey, maybe than just this staring is, at your little phone.
1: Let's see if you know the sound is good and we're comfortable. Maybe we could do it like this all the time. I like this yeah. mic. I got this really cool. It's the which same mic that uh, oh, Grant E me. has
0: um, blue, and I think yeah. um, Aaron has it too. I have More. one of those. I, Jack's using it for video yeah, games. It sounds so. good. Yeah, it, it does. sounds really good. Sometimes well, those can handsome. be a little a little uh tinny, a little hot cuz it's a condenser,
1: but hmm. um, that Well, I set it to dynamic. Good. Did you know you could set the the mic
0: pattern? Yes, I know. So I, didn't I like set it dynamic to dynamic was one of the choices though.
1: Yep, yeah, it's the best choice. Right. It's my favorite um, choice.
0: Right. So, uh in the <laughs> last week since uh we did the last show, uh Yes. What what has happened besides? I mean, in my house, it's just been COVID, COVID, COVID. Um,
1: Well, it's been COVID, COVID, COVID. But one amazing thing that has happened to our show in the last week—something that we never thought would happen again—losing
0: listeners to rapid, rapid. We
1: we got a a review. Great reviews will be read on the air. Did yes. And um, guys, we have so much great stuff going on, especially on the Patreon because there's a discussion group on patreon.com recovery in the middle ages. And um, we also, we get reviews occasionally. And when we do, we read them on the air. So um, we got one recently and here it is. Um, right. Yeah. You have it. I do. Okay. Um, you should right. Read it. So this one says uh, new listeners, the name five stars, uh, from Greg B. Love this podcast. I just started on my road to recovery in October. The tips to stay sober at Thanksgiving episode was a big help. Just please, the please don't pull the plug on this podcast. <laughs> Most other recovery podcasts I have found are dull, dry, and frankly, make me want to drink. <laughs> you guys are easy enough to listen to that it's almost, almost, like a comedy podcast well that's what uh, we're, we're going up. for <laughs> he's like you <laughs> don't quite make it a, a comedy podcast almost so thank you so much greg keep yeah. listening i'm yeah. glad that you enjoyed the um the tips and, and stuff like that i think we should do more practical guide type stuff people and get something out of that and um i don't yeah. know
0: Thanks. thank you greg Thanks, Greg. If you don't want to drink after an hour of listening to the two of us, I think you're you're in a good shape. Your recovery is progressing nicely.
1: Yes, yes. So we always love to hear from new monsters, guys. Write us. Join us on the Facebook group. Uh, it's um, Recovery in the Middle Ages on Facebook. There's a private group. We have discussions, post funny memes, and uh, support each other's recovery. So come <laughs> and join us.
0: So. Along those lines, I don't know if you noticed yesterday I posted a couple of uh, things on the the main Facebook page where we have like many yeah, followers. I'm gonna, all those there's followers like almost that people. don't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm trolling for stories, you know, and I'm I'm getting a little desperate because, you know, we're planning the Christmas show for next week. And uh, yes, I've had to I've I've asked for um, encouraging voicemails. So for for people to uh, encourage those who are earlier on in this journey than themselves, maybe they could leave a bit of wisdom or advice. And uh, I also, what what else did I ask for? Well, I I also asked for cheap celebrity booze stories. Like if you (laughs) you ever met a celebrity while you were drunk or while they were drunk, please share that with us. Um, And what else? One other. Uh, Oh, yeah. What do you want for Christmas? What would you buy the alcoholic or the addict in your life uh, for Christmas? And I, I solicited both funny responses and serious responses, and do you know what? What I got no responses, <laughs> none yet. Yet yeah, I'm trying to so, engage uh, the
1: youngsters and be like, guys, are you still out there? And yes, in fact, they are. They're some just, of them. Um, you know, it's cool because we're getting a lot of new listeners that are just catching up. You know, because if you think about it, people will find the show and they'll just start from beginning from the beginning, and they're taking that whole journey that we took, getting to know each other. The hmm. this, the sports store I used to own the crashing down of the sports store the changing of careers you know everything that is yeah. going on in our lives COVID gets documented so uh, really we've got a little documentary here yeah so go back to number one this is our ninety eighth episode and we are you know we might actually hit a hundred in the new year
0: what are we gonna do uh, for the hundred episode we gonna have we a should party? get all
1: of our old monsters on
0: let's just get drunk.
1: And get wasted. Just kidding. Yeah, um,
0: so uh, also we yeah. wanted
1: Stutz uh, reactions from uh, last week. I was kind oh, of yes, looking for right, You
0: asked for the Stutz reactions.
1: So I said on the uh, Facebook page, "Monsters Speak for tomorrow's show. We are looking for your reactions and reviews of Stutz. Please post your wisdom here. Love, NatX. Um, yeah, I got a couple. So Eric B. says, I need to watch it again. <laughs> but I suspect it will become another tool in the toolbox for me. Uh, much like you dudes are. We're in your toolbox. Last few episodes have been spot on. Thank you, someone who likes the new format. Uh, keep rocking it, fellas. Thank you. Uh, and then Carrie uh, C. says, I loved your show about Stuts I watched the doc and registered... It registered and felt like you guys broke it down perfectly. That's great, nothing <laughs> um, like tooting our own hoarder. And then y- I think you wrote you could also just tell us a crazy <laughs> Christmas story.
0: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going for the cheap, the cheap laugh, the angle. Yeah, you no, know? I was a good <laughs> one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, in any case, so thank you guys for uh, for getting, for. Um, reaching out on there and uh, helping us out. Um, we always love to know what you guys think. You know, we watch these documentaries, read these books, but really I, I haven't heard much about the Matthew Perry. Uh, I think everyone's sort of disgusted by it. <laughs> 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 like it really, like everyone was so excited to discuss this Matthew Perry book until we all read it. And then it's been this kind of funny, like, uh, oh, maybe we don't have to talk about this. Yeah. You know,
0: you know the uh, the thing didn't get a lot of traction on the Discord. You know the the book club. Uh, yeah, you know. And but, I don't know um, if anybody's actually planning on um, having that that longer uh, conversation. You know that was planned. You know. Yeah, I think but, maybe we ought to call it like we see
1: it and um, try the next book uh, that we're going to talk about, which is going to be um, your friend Mackenzie Phillips. Oh, really? We're doing that one. I think we ought to, because we've been talking about it. And, yeah, I yeah. just listened to it. Yeah, it would be a good time sport. to do the
0: show. Um, also, so today
1: we we're going to do some news, I think.
0: We're going to do that, but also I want to encourage you guys, uh, if you want to participate in our Christmas show, give us a call mm-hmm. uh, at our um, our Google voice number at 516-888-6297. That's our hotline, and you can leave us a message. Like three minutes long would be ideal, because you'll get cut off if it's any longer. And we'll play it on the show. Don't identify yourself by name uh, if you don't want to be uh, identified by name. Just, mm. you know, you can leave it anonymously. It's fine. Um, and it would be a big help to us because we're very busy uh, people. <laughs> and mm. we, you know, the show, we want to do a show next week for Christmas, uh, you know, and it would be nice to have some participation from. Yeah, we'd to love come.
1: to have you guys get your voices, you know, monsters be heard. And uh, just it's an opportunity to get. A, a nice message out to all of the listeners, anybody who's struggling this, you know, holiday season, you know, just to hear your voice out there. You're struggling too, but you're getting through and, you know, it always helps to hear those things. I know it helped yeah. me when I was really struggling and I would listen to you know, books yeah. or, or podcasts, so.
0: Hanging Yeah, it's nothing like uh, Christmas time. Uh, I used to do a lot of drugs on, or, or, or around Christmas and other times as well. But Christmas was always a good time to do drugs because I remember one time I was living up in Buffalo, um, yeah, which I did for like uh, six six months. <laughs> and uh, I was pu- I pulled a geographic. I was trying to get out of the Bronx where you know crack was ubiquitous. It was there all the time, and I was participating in it all the time. And I was like, you know what, time to change my life. I'm going to move to Buffalo, New York, which is <laughs> you know an up and coming yeah. city in the it's rust belt it's a hell of a freaking <laughs> geographic uh there were re- i had reasons but yeah. uh so i you know it was actually a few months before i left the bronx i had kind of stopped doing crack and so when i got up there it didn't really occur to me until i was walking up El- elmwood avenue one day which is uh you know not a, not a particularly bad street uh in downtown buffalo and i saw this guy across the street and i saw a look in his eye and i'm like i know that look you know this guy knows where to where to get some some crack and I had a couple <laughs> of drinks and I just kind of walked up to him and I started talking to him and you know you know fast forward like a half hour later he's sitting in the front seat of my car and I'm driving around east the East Side of Buffalo, like well, he's running into buildings with ten dollars, and you know I, the thing is when it, whenever I was scoring drugs with these guys, it was, you always had to be very careful. you couldn't give them a whole big wad of money all at once because they just run off at the whole
1: thing, you'll never right? see them again. but if yeah. you
0: parcel it out a little bit and then when the first time they come back, you like you do a little with them, then they're like they're yours for the night, they're, they, they're stuck to you like velcro. so um, that was kind of the situation with this guy, and I think this was, wasn't Christmas Eve, but it was just like the day before Christmas Eve. So it was a very festive crack smoking experience. What the fuck is going on over there? The
1: cat just sort of attacked me, I'm not uh, sure why. Yeah.
0: on So anyway, I spent I spent the better part of an evening uh, you know, with this guy and the driving him around the east side of Buffalo where I, I really didn't know where I was going and it was extremely uh dangerous. Uh but I'd come from the Bronx so I figured nothing in Buffalo could possibly right. be any worse than <laughs> anything that happened there. But, you know, as it turned out in Buffalo like I was involved in a bank robbery and a, and a, uh, and somebody tried chased me through the snow to try and steal my mountain bike. Like I could, I had more crimes per- perpetrated on me in Buffalo than I did in the, like two years in the Bronx.
1: But uh, yeah, you I, get this superhuman feeling when you go to those. You know, when you come from New York. You know, like at college, when I went upstate New York, in that small town, you get this superhuman feeling, or at least I did, like, I'm from Long Island, I'm from New York, you know, I can get away with anything, you know? Right,
0: right. Um, I I just should, and I think I've told the story before, I should just note for the, if there are any federal officers listening, I didn't, I wasn't participating in robbing the bank, I was the victim of a bank robbery, I was working in the bank at the time, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Buffalo uh, could be rough. That was the only time that I, that I, uh, I did. Crack when I lived for the six months I lived up there. I kind of got into running and kind of put down the put down the drugs for a few years after that. But, um, but I kept running into that guy like all the time, and he would always kind of sidle up to me, be like, "Hey man, you are looking? You know, you looking to score?" And I'd be like, no, "No, no, no, I'm going to the food co-op right now." <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> you got those I'll catch Andrew up with Jacksons, you later, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, give me those George Washingtons, man. You But got- <laughs> it was pretty dicey because my girlfriend, who I was living with at the time, like, you know. I, she was like how do you know that guy I'm like I don't know I, <laughs> I talked to him on the street one day you know I had yeah. incidents like that where they're, you know,
1: <laughs> the guy you don't want your girlfriend to know you're friends with because she knows exactly why they're you would be friends yeah. with him. Right? I don't know right. that guy It's like, hey man what happened remember we were going to start that company together and you're like no no <laughs> yeah. that wasn't me I'm so sorry yeah. um, must be thinking of someone else um, yeah. so, what, so mm. what comes next Nat what comes
0: next you know what comes it, next
1: what? What comes next, Matt? Uh, recovery in the news? <laughs> no. Okay,
0: sure. I'll have to put. I'll have to splice the music in because I can't do it
1: here. Yeah, we've got some news stories. Or uh, we were going to talk life. I mean, we did enough life update talking. This is well, what not it sounds a hell of like a lot really. happened this week. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, Wait a minute. It was one of those? You but, did something, didn't what you? What did I do? You. Oh yeah, we had a really interesting. <laughs> actually. Um, As you guys may, I may have spoken about on the show, my wife had an annual uh, holiday party. Cat, what is the cat attacking me for? Stop it. He's just stalking me and then attacks. That's what they do. Yeah, but I've never seen this side of him. I don't know (laughs) what, maybe he's on drugs. So (laughs) (laughs) stop it, Eros. Just stay over there. Um, So on Friday, my wife, or it was Saturday, my wife had her, like a, there's a rotating holiday party for her high school buddies. And so she was telling me this year, oh, they're coming to our house this time. I said, oh, mm. great. Can you do me a favor and get me a hotel? I was just doing shtick. I'm like, get me and the boys a hotel for the night. I don't want to be there for that nonsense, you know. <laughs> and so she did it. And she's like, she got us it, so a hotel room just at a local hotel. It's like where guys that get thrown out of their house, you know, will stay. It's not like a motel, but there was an indoor pool. It That's was nice, nice, nice. enough. Well, it was fun. Me and the boys uh, went there. We set up the uh, Xbox and... um <laughs> in the in the hotel room and hung out, ordered room service, and it was a good time. You know, the next morning I had to get them ready for church from the hotel. I go straight to church and then wow. do the uh, pageant practice, and then boom. So uh, it was a lot of fun, and Christina had a nice time with her pals. One of them ended up sleeping over.
0: I was going to say, when you got back to the house, was it totally trashed and like, like um, women like splayed out across all the couches? You know, what's funny is that most of them
1: are sober, like not just don't drink, like they are like actively sober. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so there's only like one or two, like she and her, one of her other friends are still drinking, but everybody else we used to party with got clean. Isn't that funny? So that's it was awesome. all the dishes were done. The place was <laughs> that's immaculate. You
0: know? Sober uh, parties. Like, yeah, people, basically people clean your house and do the dishes. That's great. Um, okay. Okay. So, so that was oh, that. And
1: I'm yeah, um, um, getting a call from work.
0: Oh, do you need to take it? Uh, Put it on air. So,
1: oh, crap. All right. So, yeah, we've got a big day today, and we're going to have to head. It, stop at it, this cat. It, stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop. <laughs> All right. How fighting <laughs> you. Stop T- it. She. He's got a very large penis. <laughs> He's a boy.
0: He's a boy with a very... You didn't cut it off? Don't you... Uh. What are you doing? Why am I staring at your fo- the back end <laughs> of your phone? All right, you know uh, what? I- I'll just get started. Yeah, get started. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's been quite a week for uh, recovery-related news and drug policy news, uh, at least if you read the New York Times. Um the, on December twelfth, which I guess was yesterday, yesterday. So this is hot off the presses. The mm-hmm. entire editorial board of the New York Times wrote an opinion piece called "What Comes Next for the War on Drugs?" Mm-hmm. Question mark. The beginning. Question mark. The beginning oh. of the end. Um, And what our friends at the New York Times editorial board relay is that there are three bills currently making their way through Congress that could uh, save lives and money and help to finally dismantle the nation's failed war on drugs. The three are the Medicaid Reentry Act uh, and the MAT Mainstreaming Addiction Treatment Act and the EQUAL Act, eliminating a quantifiably unjust application of the law. Act. Well, that sounds like it was written, that title was written in a committee somewhere. Uh, mm-hmm. They all have bipartisan support <laughs> and could be passed by the lame duck session of Congress. So, what are they? Well, uh, the MAD Act is pretty interesting because it would eliminate uh, the special DEA waiver that doctors have to apply for in order to pr- prescribe buprenorphine. So, oh, nice. community health aides could then give out the medication as long as it's prescribed by a doctor through telemedicine right and it would give uh the substance abuse and mental health service administration responsibility to start a national campaign to educate healthcare practitioners about medications for opioid use disorder uh this is huge right i mean because yeah the, the big issue with medically assisted treatment or one of the big issues is just lack of availability like diet <laughs> i'm sorry much of the fucking cat eat your arm <laughs> literally just- eat your arm in front of me here. Why is the cat eating, eating you? you? <laughs> <laughs> <Just> stop.
1: <laughs> Yo, he really wants to kill me. That's so bizarre. Go okay. get out of here.
0: What are um, you doing?
1: I'm so sorry. I so, completely upset the decorum of the show with that cat.
0: So the, So um, there was a 2019 report from the National Academy of Science, Engineering and Medicine that found that uh, fewer than twenty percent of people who could benefit from having access to these medications, actually do have access to.
1: Yeah, this is a major problem. And I went through this when I was trying to get buprenorphine or Suboxone, which is the brand name, and they put so many hurdles in front of you, in front of the doctor. When, when I used to finally get to a, a doctor who I could get Suboxone from, he was putting lots of roadblocks like they, they treated me like a criminal for even looking for it so yeah any way that they can you know take some of those um, hurdles down for people just make it easier to get yes people will abuse it people abuse these things it's just part of life you can't like legislate based on a few people's abuse you know well, so this
0: is really i mean it's or it's is that insane. how it works well i mean <laughs> it's, you know it's sometimes i mean it's insane yeah. to me though that that you know, people that the government had no problem with doctors prescribing, uh, you know, uh, Oxycontin Oxycontin for people with like minor back pain for like a decade without overly legislating in that area. But when it comes to treatment medications, all of a sudden the concern for abuse is, 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 uh, you know, something that they need to worry about. I mean, there is a stigma, right? There's a lack of understanding how medications for opioid disorders work. But I, I think also, you know, you have to sort of call out the elephant in the room and that, that, you know, One of the largest organizations um, in the recovery space, uh, like NA and 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 AA, have always been sort of antagonistic towards medically assisted recovery, and and never set right. They tend to have the ear of a lot of the legislatures because they're the biggest game in town, right? So I mean, mean, you wonder how much how much pressure is coming from the traditional recovery community you know, flowing into Washington and saying, you know, this isn't real recovery. You know, if you're on medication, you're not really sober. You know, all of which I think is total horseshit. But yeah, uh, but apparently, I hope that's
1: lessening. You know, I
0: hope, I hope so. there's
1: less I of that. It seems um, that way, you know, because the voices, the harm reduction voices are getting louder. Like the Tracy Heltons of the world and Maya Zalowitz, um, you know, they're starting to have a louder voice. Celebrities are starting to sort of speak out about some of that stuff. And um, I think maybe that's what's happening is the, the conversation has shifted. Uh, well, let's it's hope so. reflected?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I think certainly giving, uh, you know getting getting rid of the D uh, dropping the DEA waiver uh, and and will allow and, and trying to educate these these prescribers that this is right. a legitimate medication that you should be prescribing. I mean, it's about getting the, the information out to the people that need to hear it. Um, to yeah, say. the doctors need to be educated
1: on this stuff. And um, I think that was a major roadblock uh, for me, uh, just speaking from my own experience, was at first regular doctors just had no idea what to do with me. You know, When I first went to my general practitioner to be like, um, I have a problem like with opiates, I said at the time. Nobody wanted to say heroin back then. It was this big dirty word. And now it's like, (laughs) it's just everywhere. Nobody cares um, as far as like being embarrassed anymore. Actually, that's not true sometimes, but it's much less than it was. I didn't want to say the word heroin, but when I went to my uh, doctor, my general practitioner with it, he just, he's just like, um, go to the hospital, you know, and I did (laughs) just like a regular hospital. Really? uh, Yeah. And they put me in the detox wing. And then, uh, but from there, they they had no real plan, you know, for me. They were like, oh, you should probably go to, you know, one of these rehabs. And I was like, yeah, right, I'm not doing that. You know, so the more they're educated, the better, you know, to help people. I mean,
0: re- rehabs have such a horrendous success rate, you know, should that really be the first line treatment? You know, maybe, maybe uh, some combination of you know, therapy, uh, mental health, uh, discussion after a detox and getting on some of this medication right away is a more expedient and more, I mean, as long as we live in a country that has for profit healthcare, um, I, I guess you're going to have people pushing people into into places where money can be made, as opposed to what's best for the patient, though, right?
1: Yeah, but it's also a safe environment. You know, some of these people, when you get right out of detox, it's also one of the most dangerous times. Yes, uh, for someone. So um, I'm a believer in keeping someone sort of safe for 30 to 60 days for a bit while they kind of get it out of their system. They get intervention from therapists, and hopefully, they can get some of that life saving medication. A rehab that isn't like Hazleton, you know, like yeah. something where that's medicine focused. Maybe it could be an extension of the hospital program. You go to the detox, and then you're in another observed setting just for safety. And then they can, and maybe they do that in certain places. But I don't know. Like just cutting someone loose after detoxing. I mean, that that's well, deadly. Most yeah, of the time. I don't think. Time.
0: I don't think the suggestion. I wasn't suggesting that they just be cut loose. But but I, what do we do? Maybe, with them? maybe you need to change the, you know, the current treatment. Yeah. trajectory.
1: At least the know. options, you know, you could say, here's a harm reduction option we could, you could use, you know, where you, you know, and he, give someone wants a religious um, program or something. There's plenty of those they could refer them to, but the hospitals
0: and doctors have to know what they're doing. You yeah. know, it seems like such a basic
1: thing, but you know.
0: Well, and, and speaking of healthcare costs, that brings us to uh, the second, the second bill that's uh, pending in front of Congress right now, which is the Medicaid Reentry Act. And this one's really interesting because. Uh, I never really considered sort of this end of it, but um, the Medicaid Reentry Act would allow states to reactivate Medicaid for inmates up to one month before their scheduled release from prison. So Mm -hmm. those benefits normally are suspended or in some states, the redder ones, perhaps terminated during incarceration because current law prohibits jail and prison inmates from receiving federal health insurance. Reinstating uh, this medication... Uh, or Medicaid after incarceration takes time, and resources that people who've just been released from jail don 't necessarily have, and the resulting uh, disruptions in medical care uh, are 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 dire um, yeah you know. America's prison population suffers disproportionately from a range of ailments, including opioid use disorder. And so people who are released from prison are 50 to 150 times as likely to die from an OD in the first two weeks after they're released from prison. So if you close the post-incarceration treatment gap, people who have opiate disorders, when they get out of prison, at least they have the availability of treatment
1: for Mm -hmm. them
0: that they would not have had had their Medicaid not been reinstated.
1: Yeah, there, there's a huge gap in um, there's a huge gap in support, and I learned a little bit about that because I was never in long term, you know, incarceration, so I can't really speak from experience. But I've seen a few of these documentaries. I think one we did a show on about the three people they followed. Yes, um, and also like reading Joseph Nau's books and just sort of to see how difficult it is for, especially if you're a felon. Or you've been in prison for any length of time. Um, and usually, you know, if they're doing really good with the prison programs and they're sober and, you know, they're doing great, that period of time just getting resettled into the world is so difficult and it's such an uphill battle. Right. Uh, we could really, if you want to talk in terms of money, we would save money by making sure we're not getting the recidivism mm-hmm. rate up so high meaning people going back into prison um maybe uh, maybe they could look at it from a monetary perspective you know yes it costs money to have these support programs but it also will save you in <laughs> prison space hopefully and then the people can really help contribute back to society more easily. Um, yeah. So that's a, that's a great, uh, and that's one of those little things I never thought of. Right. You know, until that I heard that story. Like, sure. If they're getting, you know, Medicaid or they need it, they should have it ready for them when they're finally free. So they're not, you know, going without treatment.
0: I mean, I think, it, it you know, in, in some sense it would be folly to assume that people are, you know, going to take advantage of that kind of thing, you know, when they get out of prison, um, you know, maybe there, maybe we're talking about a small subset of people who are released, but they actually did a study in Rhode Island, um, it, it, you know, where, where they did reinstate the Medicaid a month prior to release and it reduced post-incarceration overdose fatalities by 60% because these patients could access methadone and buprenorphine during incarceration, uh, and immediately after release without any disruption. So instead of sending people off with like a pamphlet, You know, you connect them with treatment while they're inside, and then they can continue it when they're outside, right?
1: Now, I have a question about um, incarceration. So, I know that when you get out of prison, do you always have a parole officer or parole supervision for a time? Only if you're out on probation or parole. So, like, okay, so, because there's that system is out there, and you know, for those people who have parole or probation situations, where they could be you know that because i was on probation so i I know that it's a regular thing they are trying to help most of the time and they they you know my probation officer helped me you know find different treat. he was really great though but you know so they're in a position to do that but i would worry also about the people who were not on probation or um parole like who is supporting them and uh, if the answer is nobody maybe that should be looked at there should be some kind of at least um Optional, and I know there's a lot of like volunteer organizations who yeah. step in, but um, yeah, there should really be some kind of like think of mind the gap, you know, when you're in England, there's a gap between the subway or the tube and the platform. You know, we need some kind of um, help over the gap back into society.
0: We have those gaps in New York too, you know, but we don't call we don't say mind the gap, which no, is very we say- British. Stand Yo, yeah, so look the, out for the hole. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Um Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a that's a good question. I mean, you know, there's a limited taxpayer resources, so the idea of getting people to spend them on something like um released prisoners and keeping them from relapsing, you know, difficult, difficult to yeah. do unless you Unless you couch that in terms of it's going to save society money and resources over the long haul, right?
1: Yeah. And if you can just get people to be (laughs) patient and smart enough to like understand the concept of that instead of prisoners, criminal, bad, you know, regular people, good. You know, once you can get away from that and look at people more holistically, it's like these are just human beings and they have potential and, you know, they have rights. Uh, Yeah,
0: That might be uh, asking a bit too much, you know, we can't even, I mean, (laughs) this isn't the time or the place to get into the, how screwed up all levels of government are and why we can't ever seem to get anything done in this country. But you know, it's, it's a real hard sell when you have an issue like this, right? Everybody wants potholes filled that we can kind of, kind of come up with the the wherewithal to do that. Although on Long Island that always seems to be a challenge every year, but uh, you know, when it comes to something like this, you know, so speaking of, like, keeping people out of prison, because that mm-hmm. would be the, the best thing to do, right, would be to keep people out of prison in the first place. Sure. Uh, the final bill pending before Congress is the EQUAL Act, which I'm not going to read what that stands for again because it was ridiculous. Uh, so basically it would eliminate the federal sentencing disparity between drug offenses involving crack cocaine and powder cocaine.
1: Oh, I remember. And that's just uh, – it's just been submitted or has it passed? It's It's –
0: so uh, it's an interesting history, right? So it in 1986, when crack was uh, new and and destroying cities and lives across America, including including mine. Um, basically, it said that 50 grams of crack, uh, this law they passed, was the equivalent of 5,000 grams of powder cocaine, mm-hmm. and possession of either would get you a minimum mandatory of 10 years. Right. Right.
1: I remember reading about that, yeah.
0: and it was based on this. Idea, Which has since been disproven that crack is far more addictive than powder cocaine. Um, And that ended up with a lot of people doing a lot of time. Um, And, of course, far more people going to prison for crack were people of color because crack was smoked more in those communities because it was cheaper. You could buy a hit of crack in a vial for a couple of bucks. Which is also great for a college student like myself that delivered pizza and didn't have a lot of money because who could afford twenty five bucks for a quarter gram you know or a hundred dollars right. a gram when I could you know go up the corner and, and see Ralphie and get and get a bottle for five bucks you know um
1: yeah well they, those laws were targeted against um inner city um you know poor people basically yeah um, because they were the ones you know that were initially using it because it was so much cheaper. So they said, well, we know how to target a community, you know, we'll, right. we'll find the thing that they're doing specifically and then make these draconian, you know, um, Sentencing uh, laws, and it's just crazy because if anyone, if any one of them has done crack and cocaine at different times, they would know that I always got into more trouble with the powder
0: than I did with the rock. Yeah, because <laughs> like, you can, you can like, uh, it lasts forever, it does, it does, you, you know, can, you can go for days, but um, I guess you can go for days on crack too, although I was never really more than a hour guy, yeah, yeah, plus it's like. With Coke, you can like do a couple lines and then go to a club and you can do stuff and go to the bathroom. With crack, it's sort of like a, it's a real solitary endeavor. It makes you You real
1: paranoid pretty quick. a couple of
0: friends just are not leaving your apartment except to go buy more crack. You're not going to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Although I did go to the limelight during the 80s and I remember being, a couple of times, I remember being surprised at the amount of crack smoking that was going on in the bathroom in there. And I was like, damn, but those people probably never left the bathroom. Well, and that's, yeah,
1: that was me. You know? I would, if I went into the bathroom with that stuff, I wasn't coming out until I was done and needed right. more. Right. And or it's just out of money
0: it. or out of crack. That, that's right. Uh, so in 2010, they reduced the crack to powder ratio from 101 to 18 to 1. So I guess that, that sounds like some kind of compromise deal that went through Congress. Um, but the EQUAL Act would eliminate it altogether. And the uh, the positive result of that would be about s- almost 8,000 people who are serving really long sentences uh, for crack could be released on an average of six years earlier. So that's uh, – in the aggregate, The uh, New York Times did the math and said that's 46,500 fewer years in prison, which I guess very, saves, saves yeah. the federal government plenty of money that they can then funnel to their congressional districts.
1: Uh, yeah, or anything. to supporting marijuana um... – you know, tax legislation or something. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, uh,
0: but you know what? I was very encouraged to see the dis- this discussion in the New York Times, uh, in the editorial section, um, you know, basically saying that what everybody's kind of known from everybody from the DEA on to the street addict is that the, the war on drugs has been a failure. Um, right. You know, overdose deaths are as higher, high as they've ever been. And the number of people in prison for drug offenses remains stubbornly and egregiously high. So,
1: you
0: know, these are, this is a good place to start. Uh, I think what you need to do, you know, my personal opinion is you take 90% of the money away from enforcement and you put it into, you know, education and uh, try and try and fix the problem that was created by uh, the pharmaceutical companies and the the easy access to opioids that has characterized yeah. the last you know 15 20 years there's um, a lot of
1: damage to repair
0: you know but you know just putting people in jail is is it doesn't really solve the problem in any no. systemic way it may it may solve your individual problem because i've i've heard people get clean people in prison who are like if it wasn't for prison i'd still be out there doing drugs yeah.
1: right yeah you but, hear that every once in a while someone who says prison completely yeah, you know, there's a, a few books I've read about people's journey through prison and getting clean in prison, and then yeah, it's interesting. Everybody kind of has a different experience with that, you know, that journey. But I think for the most part, it's not positive. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> are you picking the cat up in the back? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Do, you, do you feed that animal or he never does this actually you know what it's something there's a new something on the dining room table and it's me and there's this big blue phallus that i'm speaking into and okay. maybe he's bugged out by it and he's just sort of giving me the thousand yard stare all right so um, we
0: have a uh we have drug another, laws yeah we have another article okay uh, but do you think we might need to take a, a short break and be back after these words? Let's
1: take a quick break, and we'll be right back after these words. All right.
0: And we're back.
1: And we're back. Where did the cat? Did you crown the cat in the back? The cat has left the building, so the you, cat is. You put it outside. Uh, he's uh, he's lurking, but he's. Uh, I think he's given up on trying to murder me. For now, for now, until he's sucking my soul while I'm sleeping. Did you ever hear that thing they where steal they steal your breath? Right. Is yeah. that <laughs> where did that come from? I don't know. It's weird. Cats are evil. To be fair,
0: I love cats. I I uh, had cats my whole adult life until recently. Now I have dogs. Right. I
1: I'm attracted to the dark side, so that's why I like them. Um, I was just going to tell you something. Um, yeah. And I don't remember. Welcome back. We're doing a very special edition of Nat and Mike in the morning. And um, welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got another article for
0: you. This uh, this next thing is, is also from the New York Times. This is from uh, December 11th, which is the day before the editorial – article that we just covered uh and it's a guest essay by our good friend Maya zalovitz oh. who um most famously is known for doing uh cocaine with Jerry Garcia when she was yes years old. <laughs> i she probably hates to be identified by that um mm. she's you know she, shes exactly um a uh, she's a contributing opinion writer to the New York Times she's the author of a number of books and her most recent book is Undoing Drugs, How Harm Reduction is Changing the Future of Addiction she's a uh, really great book in this space and a recover, person in Recover Yourself really great author uh, highly recommend all her books uh, but her, her guest essay uh, is uh, called It's Not Just About Pot, Our Entire Drug Policy Needs an Overhaul hmm. and I would agree Mm Do you agree our entire policy needs an overhaul? The whole thing needs to be redone. continuation on our theme, the uh, failure of American drug law, particularly marijuana policy, has long been obvious, she states. Um, So as as we know, and I think as we've discussed on the show before, this past October, um, President Biden ordered the uh, Department of Health and Human Services to review the scheduling status of cannabis. Cannabis, as you know, is currently... Um, considered a schedule one drug, which is kind of crazy uh, because it um, says that there is uh, no medical use uh, whatsoever. It limits, severely limits the amount of research you can do. It bans the possession and sale of certain drugs. And um, marijuana is on that schedule along with its buddies, heroin, LSD, and most other psychedelics. All of which have wildly, of course, different risks, and each with significant medical benefits. Uh, The rat pack of narcotics. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So she goes into a bit of the Controlled Substance Act history um, and talks about how it grew out of legislation driven by racist anti-immigration propaganda. (laughs) Riveting. I can't believe this hasn't been read more. (laughs) Um, (laughs) She takes us on a journey. She takes us on a journey. Um, Yeah. Uh there are five schedules, right? Uh, and, and how a drug ends up on a certain schedule is more a matter of um, social engineering, attempted social engineering and politics than it is about any real um, Yeah,
1: there's, there's so, much yeah. so much social baggage. so much social baggage that went along with creating those. you know, we have to rethink the whole thing. It definitely makes
0: sense. And she points out rather uh, astutely that that um, some medically permissible drugs are more dangerous and ad- and addictive than other illegal substances, and that recreationally legal drugs like alcohol and tobacco, which are more dangerous than than many of the drugs on there, are not scheduled at all. So they're not even on on the on the list. So the act was passed in 1970 when uh, Richard Nixon was president. Mm-hmm. Uh, alcohol and tobacco weren't seen as drugs at all. Um, even though alcohol takes as many li- claims as many lives every year as uh, as opioids does, you know? yeah. Um, so if you consider the differences among marijuana, LSD, and heroin, which are all Schedule One, um, the research suggests that about a quarter of the people that start using heroin become addicted. I see. I would have thought it was more, but a quarter, okay. But marijuana addiction rates are much lower; they're under ten percent, and LSD addiction is rare, affecting at most a fraction of one percent of users. Can you imagine becoming addicted to LSD? Like, just I've to I've heard be- of
1: people doing, getting. It's like, psycho- like There's a psychological addiction, I think, where you just get addicted to doing that. Maybe, but if you were really addicted, like that would suck.
0: I mean, you just can't live in in reality if you're addicted to LSD because there is no like the fabric of your reality is constantly. Changing And, and yeah. you know, I don't know how you could live like that, but I guess... I, I knew some guys back in the Grateful Dead days that would trip, like, every day for, for the, the duration of a Grateful Dead tour. But so yeah. at some point, you have to stop because, you know, you have to wipe your ass and stuff. Like, yeah. it's <laughs> just very hard to, like, engage in any sort of normal human behavior if you're a child of the universe all the time. You know? yeah. yeah,
1: it gets exhausting, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, Christmas. I have to... Can we pause one second? Yes, I have to take this. All right. it's you know how there's always. Sorry about that. There's there's always one client where if they call once and you send it to voicemail because you're doing something else, you can get away with it. Maybe they'll email you, maybe whatever they'll leave a message when they call back again after you send them to voicemail. Yeah, that's a must pick up. And it wasn't even, of course, it wasn't an emergency. No. They people, just want attention. People need to need their attention. Very sorry about that. So moving back to being a, a star child of the universe all the time, um, I did acid so much that I began to get used to it when I was in high school.
0: Mm, you can build um, build up a tolerance to it. I, I took it a few days in a row uh, on a couple of occasions.
1: It's yeah, it was weird. I used to think of it as, I remember thinking this as a, as a kid in high school, like I would do it. And then it would start to like percolate. You'd start to see the colors and you would get that. You would feel like the shift had happened. You know, the moment where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm there, you know? And I did it a couple of times and I go, huh? Like, this isn't like as exciting as it used to be. And it's just like a familiar place. And I remember thinking, I was out of my brain, of course, but I remember thinking like, huh, this is it. You know, (laughs) like, I don't know. Like I started getting used to the feeling it's like when you first go to a new place, it's like exciting. And then if you do it too much, I was kind of like, Oh, you know, it's just like visiting an old neighborhood or something.
0: (laughs) It's just really weird. The neighborhood is at the outer edges of the cosmos. (laughs) uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Building up the tolerance and yeah, you hear stories about the guy eating 50 hits of acid. And how is that possible? I mean, if I took two, I was out of my mind. So it must be a tolerance thing.
0: It depends on the acid too, right?
1: Yeah. True. True.
0: Um, but you, even still, I mean, you can't OD on LSD um, or marijuana for that matter.
1: And you can't OD on LSD. What about all those stories about the mega dose and?
0: Well, uh, you can drive yourself nuts, so but you can't kill yourself with it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, just to make you like want we, to kill it's sort yourself.
0: Sort of like weed in that respect, you know. I, but I mean, I guess, I guess the the thing that she's call, calling attention to is the fact that LSD, marijuana, and heroin. Uh, you know, heroin addiction being the deadliest condition in psychiatry, as it's called, um, are are on the same schedule and um, they, they shouldn't be. Um, meanwhile, of course, you know, cigarettes hook two thirds of the people that try them and kill about half of all users and alcohol um, can cause overdose deaths. And uh, that escapes any sort of regulation under the Controlled Substances Act. So really no science to the Controlled Substances Act. It was just mm-hmm. a, an attempt to justify existing harsh drug laws. Like in the late 60s, once they realized that, that LSD had gotten out into the general public and people were really enjoying it and it was causing people to like try and do weird shit like levitate the Pentagon and, and <laughs> you know, it started getting in, in the way of the, the war in Vietnam. It was made illegal in you know the late '60s, but up until that point, it was legal. So at the time that the Grateful Dead were having all those um, big acid tests, and everybody in San Francisco was like painting the, their faces, glow and everything, the LSD was still legal in this country. But, yeah, that's um,
1: crazy. And then of course you that's have so like cool.
0: the, the idea, you know, the laws that were passed in the in the earlier part of the century, like um, like blacks who used cocaine and Chinese guys that used opium. It was a very racist stereotype, right. you know. And that was the 1914 Harrison Narcotics Act, which prohibited non-medical use of cocaine and opium. And the the 1937 law that banned marijuana was fueled by racism against Mexicans and racist fears about black jasmine spreading both addiction and seductive music. That seductive jazz
1: music that was that was my biggest fear you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. all of that seductive jazz music coming out of these um, yeah. little neighborhoods yeah that's <laughs> and, and you for us to completely ignore the history of of this is just absurd it's like when they have these interviews with um legislators who are you know against that sort of thing they just sound stupid you know yeah. like it's like they're ignoring such obvious you know misconduct, and it, it's just ter- you know. How do, how do we? Does does Maya offer a solution? How do we shake the
0: system, or is she just saying this is a problem? Well, and holding up her hand. In in some sense, she's saying that the solution, at least with respect to marijuana, has been sort of taken away from the feds and being acted upon by the states, who have who have collectively realized, almost collectively realized, that the draconian scheduling of marijuana as a Schedule One drug is ridiculous, right? So mm-hmm. cannabis is already legal or it's set to become legal for recreational use in 21 states. 37 of them present uh, permit medical use. And perhaps most importantly, and, and the biggest push as to why uh, cannabis is becoming more popular and these laws are falling in different states, is that the cannabis industry projects $33 billion in sales for 2022. So, mm-hmm. wow. so there's a lot of money involved in the marijuana industry, right?
1: yeah i mean uh, like colorado you hear about their surpluses now from you know when when they that was in the newspaper the first year or something that they they were able to tax cannabis yeah you know and then they had a
0: but they had a surplus of (laughs) of of weed and they weren't making as much tax money off it because they they continued to allow the illicit market to exist alongside the uh state market so the state drug dealers didn't have as good prices or as good product so they were losing out to the to the That's pirates funny. right um, but she says that you know it, it's a, it's a, there's a risk in rescheduling marijuana because if you reschedule it you you run the risk of uh, upending state regulations by imposing prescription requirements which would give, essentially give the whole market to big pharmaceutical companies which um is the only industry with the capacity to make and sell FDA regulated medicine
1: oh yeah can you imagine um, if uh, <laughs> Purdue came out with an extended-release THC pill that just like blew your fucking mind? <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. you could you could inject it. You could inject. You know, like yeah, leave it to the pharmaceuticals to to weaponize marijuana.
0: Right. I mean, it, but think about you know, there's a lot of money there, and where there's money, you know, sure, big players are gonna like Budweiser and InBev and all those other companies are gonna come sniffing around. Yeah, we're going to dangle the right carrot for those people. So some in the cannabis industry have proposed creating something called Schedule Six for marijuana. It
1: would leave <laughs> Schedule Four Twenty. Like, man, uh,
0: reading the the Roman numeral, I'm trying to like what is that five or six? It would leave the uh, the question of regulation or prohibition in the hands of each state. Uh, so either descheduling or creating a schedule that avoids prescription requirements might resolve the issue of marijuana regulation, but. Uh. But uh, changing the the marijuana law is not enough. Psychedelics are already presenting similar regulatory issues, he says. Uh, some states have already legalized them. I think uh, Oregon being one, and I think it was on... Wasn't it a prop on California's ballot this past time around?
1: Um, not sure. I don't know if California... It, it seems like they're all falling like dominoes, though. Yeah. Um, you know, the, all of the states and... Um,
0: well, so her solution is is to create a new strict pathway for approval for safer substances that have both recreational and medical uses like psychedelics or, for example, some new drug with the benefits of alcohol but less harm. And without such a path, cartels will continue to be the main innovators introducing new and often deadly products to millions without testing or quality control. So, uh, And she also argues that um, you should have limits on the marketing and advertising of substances like alcohol, tobacco cannabis, and prescription drugs uh, because if, as the opioid crisis demonstrated, permitting the marketing of addictive substances can be dangerous, whether aimed at doctors or consumers, and lacks rules on commercialization or disaster and i think I think that really played out in the opioid crisis, right because yeah, the government seems to be completely unable to regulate the pharmaceutical companies as they were telling lies about the addictive nature of the product that they were pushing uh you know and and you know creating pathways for greater profits from these companies uh with very little uh other than a slap on the wrist on the back end when it became evident that they were the ones causing all the problems right
1: right uh, yeah
0: so well, anyway, so oh, it's, it's hard. It's we like need a f- new ideas. She says, but she doesn't have like all of them, right?
1: Well, this always brings up the old federalism debate. You know, like states' rights and federal rights, and you know who who wins out. You know, a lot of the on the right, they they they're the federalists. They think states should have control of the laws. Or when it's convenient, I've noticed people would say, "Let the states decide." Yeah. Um, but anytime you've got this you know, um, the, the federal government does one thing, which is what's going on right now. I think it's, you know, federally, you know, it's still illegal. And then in like a state like Colorado, uh, it's like state legal, but you know, the federal it's, it's screwing everything up. They have to get on the same page. I think, I don't know. I, what do you think about that? Like the federalism,
0: the state's rights. And I, I think it's a little know. weird because you're really talking about Two separate things. You're talking about, like, marijuana and psychedelic as medical agents, right? And and historically, the federal government has always been the one to legislate in the area of uh, medicines. That's why you have an FDA, so that uh, snake oil salesmen in Colorado can't peddle something that, uh, you know, can kill you and have a different law about it than, than a state like uh, North Carolina uh um, yeah. but on the other hand you're also talking about these things being used recreationally which which is, is different from the medical use so you know should 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 recreational use be decided by the states because it's a a lifestyle social choice and the medical stuff be regulated by the federal government because uh it's it's medicine you know i don't know if you can mm. even have that dual regulation path but maybe that's something to think about
1: yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think out there? Tell us your thoughts on this uh, topic. Uh, Mike R. at MiddleAgesRecovery.com. I'd be interested to hear what the monsters have to say. Yeah. Send us um, some about this.
0: please. I, I don't this is not learn.
1: an easy answer. Um, it's something that um, there's still a lot to work out. Uh, I don't think
0: we're going to solve it, but, you
1: know. We are not going to solve it. We're uh, not activists.
0: And, we're podcast hosts.
1: We are podcast hosts. Um, with that, I think I need to wrap up. Yeah, we're done. Um, my phone is blowing up. The the work train is starting to pile up. Yep. We've got people waiting at the station. They're like knocking on the door. I'm yeah. saying one minute, one
0: minute. <laughs> but, I, 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 got, um, I have 20 emails. I just looked at my phone.
1: I know. <laughs> it's so nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, so um, that about does it for today. I know I had a great time. Did you?
0: Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Thank you so much for listening, guys. Visit us at middleagesrecovery.com once we fix it. Podbean, Apple Podcasts,
0: (laughs) uh,
1: Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, and Twitter. So, tweet us at what you twit. Support your favorite show. Guys, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. We will read it. We're also on Spotify. Uh, They have a review system, I think Stitcher as well. Um, Reach out. Join us on the Facebook group. It's a private uh, support recovery group, Recovery in the Middle Ages. Uh, for a higher level of care and more one-on-one with the monksters and in the inner sanctum, go to patreoncom slash recovery in the middle ages and
0: sign up. Please don't, we don't, finally, provide, we don't provide care.
1: No, we don't, we don't provide this care. This is a peer support <laughs> network. That's right. Peer support. There we go. If you love the show and you want to help us and others, share it with a friend and uh, help grow the RMA movement. And as we say, non proficiat perfectum.
0: That's progress, not perfection. See you next time. Stay fresh, cheese bags, and hang in there. It's the holiday season, and you're going to be all right. Holiday show coming soon.